Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It is your weekday morning podcast where we talk Game of Thrones over breakfast, and that week can be inclusive. You you can be a part of this. You can talk at us. We can't necessarily hear you, but if you want to door the explore this shit, don't let us stop you. Otherwise, it's Tony, Hans, and Jeremy talking with and or at you today hitting season two, episode four, Garden of Bones and Cinnamon. Oof. Garden of <laughs> Garden of Bones. And cinnamon. It's like bone, that's, you know, that's some like, bone yeah. broth, a little cinnamon in there, a little, little special morning. Yeah, little amino acids. That's nice. Tale as old as time. Uh, we'll, we'll, of course, have to see what the what the tastes are bringing out of that scone later on today. But uh, we've, we've kind of just been, been reminding each other of this episode over the past few moments here. And, uh, of course, to remind the people of this episode, we got to get at the wiki. Um, does somebody want to maybe explain what a wiki is as I <laughs> once again struggle to pull this thing up? Uh, so for, for, for those of you who are not from the 20th century, uh, what we figure out is that you can go on to the internet, write whatever the fuck you want as a fact, and then mm. it's published that way. I mean, I find that just completely blew my mind, especially in medicine, how I'll like watch <laughs> fellow colleagues look up shit and then comment on the wiki says that's what it is. And I'm like, you realize it's not even like any sort of evidence base. It's just some random guy's opinion like Hans. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe Hans wrote this one. Who knows? The plot for season two, episode four, Garden of Bones is as follows. Joffrey punishes Sansa for Rob's victories, while Tyrion and Bronn scramble to temper the king's cruelty. Catelyn entreats Stannis and Renly to forego their ambitions and unite against the Lannisters. Freaking English major wrote this one. <laughs> Danny and her exhausted Kalisar arrive at the gates of Karth, a prosperous city with strong walls and rulers who greet her outside them. Tyrion coerces a queen's man into being his eyes and ears. Thought that said queers, man. Uh, Arya and Genji are taken to Harrenhal, where their lives rest in the hands of the mountain, Gregor Clegane. Davos must revert to his old ways and smuggle Melisandre into a secret cove. And then, in that cove, what she does with her secret cove, well, I guess we'll just have to get to that uh, here momentarily. But uh, Garden of Bones set up, sets up a lot of big things here. I would like to come right out of the gate and say that this might just be the most boring episode yet. Agreed. Yeah. I was, and it was late, and I, I was kind of just trying to push myself to watch another episode, so maybe that's part of it. But my notes are really scarce on this one. Uh, again, we got some good character intros. We get introduced to Roose Bolton. Not that that means anything until later down the road. We get introduced to, to Lisa. Not that that means anything until down the road. And we see for the first time Heron Hall and Karth. So we have a lot that should keep this episode moving, but it just seems so bleh. Remind me who Lisa is. Uh, Talisa Talisa. is is the the woman pining after Rob Stark's heart. Gotcha. I mean, uh, it just continues themes, right? Rob is a good guy. Yeah, you should like him, right? Right. Tyrion is kind of figuring out being the hand is making some moves you get tywin in this episode you appreciate he has this kind of 
leader and kind of military background you see that now a little more especially when he talks about how all of he's surrounded by his his council and they're like useless and he's like i don't know he's like you're only here because your family otherwise you'd be you know like cleaning the stables um yeah yeah and then you know we're watching danny move right we're, we're making her move so she can get a ship um but yeah no i feel like i felt like this really dragged on i, I, I think you are a little ahead of yourself as well Oh, really? Cool. I, think you're, I think you're about an episode ahead of yourself. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Never mind then. So clearly four was that bad. <laughs> but yeah, we're setting up all of this stuff uh, to kind of go after it here. Um, yeah, it's just, even my notes, the things that I found notable of this episode are kind of met, which is a bummer because it starts with a pretty baller opening scene. It does. I was Rob kind of... Stark. Oh, no, slaughtering some Lannisters uh, in their camps while they, while they piss themselves. Yeah, and I think like we we talk a lot about Rob and Pryor in the sense that where is he getting this military initiative from, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he is just making all the right decisions, the whole guerrilla warfare, and sending men only what he needs to do, and just picking apart these these uh, in these battles. And um, of course, he is honorable after the wars, you know, as the Silent Sisters. I think that's what they're called. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Are walking around, you know, helping all wounded. And, of course, Rob is being said, hey, you know, we don't, we can't take any more captives. You know, we need to be killing them. They wouldn't spare your life. And he's like, yeah, but that's not me. And then yeah. she points out, like, well, if that's not you, why are you fighting? Because everyone wants the crown. And Rob's answer really is kind of like, stunning i think he's like well i have no interest in that i'm I'm here for my family essentially is it ever and this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit is it ever explained why talisa's there because she's not a silent sister but she is tending to the wounded so i assume she's just a medic but she is some sort of like highborn from volantis just kind of seems like a weird what's the opposite of an ex machina like a terrible terrible idea plucked right into uh into the fray <laughs> into the fray because good get it's it good yeah i don't i don't and i don't think even i mean she tells the story and i don't remember if this is in this episode i think it's probably the next episode as well so i'll just live in episode five now um <laughs> where she talks about her brother in the water drowning how she witnesses a slave saving them mm. um yeah, so, that's that's like four episodes. Is that four? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus get, Christ! Get, get with it. You know what? Season three or sorry, season three is fantastic, guys. Okay, let's just hurry this along. Oh, yep, I'm done. I'm gonna yeah. let's go stare at my notes now. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Hans, what are, what are your thoughts on this episode? I'm, it's a little slow. Are you feeling the same thing? Yeah, I'm like I'm just I'm even torn on what to talk about for this episode. To be honest, so some of the I guess points that I um, that I had noted as notable points uh is really where i think we see a lot of joffrey in this one uh for better or for worse i know he's aiming his crossbow at sansa going a little crazy there uh this is joffrey's kind of creepy sex scene that he's watching the prostitutes when Tyrion tries to do this thing for him you know um and that just gets quickly out of hand yeah. I mean, well, do you re- do you guys remember the first time that your uncles bought you uh, prostitutes? <laughs> it didn't go like that for me. I don't no. know. <laughs> <laughs> they just uh, they they were not interested in eating my scones at all. They they had so many other things on their mind. And he brings yeah. a crossbow into the bedroom as well, right? He has this thing with crossbows. 
Yeah, he, he does. does. Yeah, you're, you're very correct. Uh, it's the only wad he's interested in shooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he and I was trying to, and like every, I'm, I'm having the same issue as Jammer right now. Every time I think of a scene, I think, I don't even think it's from this episode. It's just stuff <laughs> this episode had set up. Um, so I guess we do get a little more of Arya and her whole, um, her names thing. You start yes. her actually oh. like, you start her you start hearing her kind of almost chant those names before bed and stuff and i've always yeah. thought that was kind of a cool that uh, is thing about my the favorite show. part of this episode actually yeah so i like that a lot um i don't know you see the mountain again you Dif- do different actor mountain is it a different actor at this oh, point actually it might still be the same one i'm, I'm still so used to the uh the bodybuilder dude that every time i yeah, see yeah, anyone yeah. who's not him i just get confused yeah <laughs> he's a I forgot that the mountain talks him. Not even in this episode, a couple down the road, but like he's he, he's got some lines and he's going for it. And later down the road, he doesn't speak <laughs> I got for a, various I, reasons. I got a question for you guys. Being a uh, pretty naive Game of Thrones uh, watcher, sure. During the torture scene in what is it called? Iron Hall, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're talk. They're asking about the Brotherhood. Who is the Brotherhood? Yes. So, so we have your, your naivety, yeah. <laughs> to uh, to quote Jeremy from a couple episodes back. It's here, naivety in case yeah, you're naivety. Oh, I'm so sorry. Directly. I can't even quote you correctly. God. I can only say real words. <laughs> I, mean, uh, <laughs> I got them out front still because Merry Christmas, <laughs> Jesus, Mary. You know the goats. Where the right. goats? I have no idea. They haven't touched on the Brotherhood in the show yet. Um, I mean, we've seen them as because we've been through the show. But uh, a, as we're sitting right now, it's just kind of supposed to be these people who you you don't know what they're talking about. But what they're referring to is um, Beric Dondarrion and Thoris of Mir and all those guys who are hanging out. So uh, who we will see way down the way. Of course, Arya runs into them. Melisandre runs into them. Okay. Uh, and that's where we see the Hound go toe-to-toe with Thoros. Because they're supposed to be protect, so I think it was Rob and Ned that were setting them up to kind of protect um, the Riverland people, right? Wasn't that the initial? If I believe the story is, Beric Dondarrion was the guy that Ned sent off to go after the mountain, right? Um, after Jamie had fled the city and stuff, um, when Ned got stabbed, and so he sends Beric Dondarrion off. Robert, in the name of Robert, Robert dies, Ned dies, and right. Beric and all his men are out there with Still king's orders, orders from a king yeah. who doesn't exist against the current regime. Yeah, and so the Lannisters, they, right? I mean, that's yeah. that who they're fighting, essentially. Right, so they basically just kind of set up in the woods to take, uh, to take the, the dead king's justice into their own hands and harry the Lannisters in any way that they can. But uh, yeah, as of right now, it's just kind of this mysterious force and i i guess we'll play dumb yeah that's kind of cool though i like the mystery behind it then it's a big uh yeah we get we get some good scenes in heron hall as you said we really get to see joffrey being a dick i think the other thing and maybe this is why this episode falls a little flat is because we just kind of know this doesn't pay off into much is there's a lot of tension quote-unquote building um between stannis and renly this is kind of the penultimate uh meeting of the two which I have a, I have a question, and I wonder if you guys can come up with any reasoning for this. So Stannis and Renly meet on the field. They, you know, it can be said one way or the other whether they're actually trying to dissuade from battle. But Catelyn Stark sure is, and she's there. She doesn't want them to fight. Why is she there? I can only see her being there being a detriment to her. 
Like she's there obviously to try and court Renly's favor, but Ned was in favor of Stannis being the king and Catelyn doesn't have anything against Stannis. So why she would show up with like the six people that are there uh, with Renly Baratheon to try and negotiate, it, it seems a little odd. I, I, get, I don't know why that's the case. I, I almost think it makes Catelyn, it kind of sells that whole she's she's known for making choices and actions before thinking things through completely like she just goes with her gut and i sure. feel, and i feel like that's continues right she's there i mean renly definitely um i don't even think he's even thrilled that she's there i mean he his thing is like i'm gonna have the throne and you know i will support the starks because they've supported me but I I don't really understand the long game. I agree with you. The the, the yeah. actual decision itself doesn't make much sense. And, and they haven't even agreed to the the alliance yet. Like that's in the next episode when they start to talk about it. Yeah, which is where I'm living. So that's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of yeah. fair enough. And to to be honest, uh, I'm a little I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on that exact part right now. But if I'm thinking of the correct uh, scene, I kind of took that as her trying to i mean I, I feel like catelyn almost like jeremy said too just seems to act a little bit without thinking sometimes and also seems yeah. to think that she's going to be able to accomplish things much easier than 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 they could possibly be accomplished um because <laughs> i my, i took that scene as her kind of trying to get stannis and renly to you know come to agreement and just understanding that they're brothers and saying that, you know, why, why would you fight each other when we have a much worse enemy and kind of start bringing that conversation up, um, with her ultimate goal, obviously like uniting everyone against the, against the Lannisters and I guess, against, I guess Joffrey technically still Baratheon, but, um, more than anything, just trying to kind of stop that in its tracks. Not that I think she had any chance of doing so. (laughs) <laughs> and by not doing so, she just kind of made sure that one potential enemy saw her a- aiding another potential enemy, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I think it I think it backfired on her. Again, not that it'll really matter because this Renly and whatnot tension might just fade away. At the very end of the episode, we see Davos roll Melisandre into this nice little cave. Uh, why? I don't know. But she was pregnant, and apparently... That cave, ripe for birthing, so long as what you're packing inside your uterus is a demon shadow baby birthed from a king. Which, by the way, the gestational period oh on Oh my god, a, that's uh, literally my next note. Jesus Christ. On a shadow that's like baby. the one thing I want to talk about medical is gestational <laughs> no sh- time, right? Hey man, those shadow babies, let me tell you. It's like plant the seed, boom, two days later, baby. Have you ever birthed the like, shadow baby? No, no, but I'm going to ask some crazy midwives now and be like, hey, hey, what's up with this? Well, even then, Shadow Baby, uh, well, I think just in general, lifespan <laughs> must not be that long because Shadow Baby came out and then Shadow Baby basically became an adult immediately. <laughs> so not much, <laughs> yes. yeah, not much youth for the Shadow Babies. Well, I mean, when the baby was born, it looked more like a toddler, right? Like it came yeah. out with more of a crawling screaming kind of thing so yeah i don't think toddlers at all the word that i would use to describe that sort of uh crawling Sorry, demon manifestation demon, of demon death toddler but, was demon yeah. Toddler. <laughs> yeah there you go there you go 
Um, I like how Rath, uh, uh, he keeps his shit together as he's watching this. I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. you're doing what? Whoa, whoa, I agreed to bring you yeah. here, not to birth shit here. I mean, what is going through Davos' mind right now? It's like, well, oh my God, if that's coming out of that hole, what, what could possibly be? <laughs> oh, wait on the other Can side. Can you imagine the say? conversation they had after it was birthed? Like, so uh, do you, do you, what'd you name it? Like, <laughs> Do you think that she ate the shadow placenta? Yeah, she's like... What's it taste like? <laughs> that was the weirdest Dark noise chocolate. I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I got, I got shutters here. But, yeah, so that's, that's the next kind of... I know we've been touching on all of the various magics since the dragons have returned to Westeros. These things are kind of spiraling out of control exponentially. But here it's pretty much established that, oh, hey... For whatever popper's tricks Melisandre might be uh, peddling to people, she can also use her vagina to create images of death, so and that's a useful skill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, When I I just remember when I the very first time I was watching Game of Thrones, um, and I saw this scene, the first thought in my mind when she like when you, you see that she's pregnant, I was like, man. This, this show's timelines are very messed up because I was like, I already was kind of wondering like how all the, like the timelines worked because I feel like some things, you know, like, like we've been talking about a bunch of times already, they can traverse the entire, um, Westeros in one episode and then the next episode they take forever, like all this stuff. And then I see that and I'm like, man, did I, did I miss something? Am I like skipping episodes or something? But anyway, then I immediately realized that something else was going on. You're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It all makes sense now. But uh, to take a quick step back, another scene that I thought was kind of cool and uh, just plays to Tyrion's meddling and all that stuff, which I like. Uh, He has his conversation with Lancel, basically confronts Lancel about Bone and Cersei. Mm. Kind of Lancel. Yeah, Lancel needed to get confronted. That dude was getting cocky quick. Yeah, yeah. No Lancel's pun intended. Su- or pun intended. Weak, such a Perhaps weak character in this show and book. Um, no, for sure. He's got a very interesting. Uh... No, I can't even say it with a straight face. He's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't like Lancel. I never like Lancel because the only redeeming quality he has comes in the arc that we've already decided doesn't really make sense. It yeah. comes out of nowhere for yeah. derailing an entire season. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for now, it's funny to watch Tyrion just whip the dude around. Yeah, that's pretty I, cool. I, I, I enjoy it. Uh, it's it's kind of this this ruthlessness that we get to feel good about in the show when all this bad shit is like happening to Sansa, you know, just a sneeze later. Yeah. Also, what's your guys' take on Sumai? On Sumai in Karth, the guy oh. like invo- <laughs> the guy invokes the guy invokes <laughs> Sumai, and then it just kind of like never explained exactly what that is. Uh. Yeah, I, I I guess the gist of what they're going for is this dude pledges some sort of blood, blood pact, pact to, yeah. that 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 Danny's not going to cause any trouble, and I guess it's on his head if she does. But uh, it seemed it seemed like a <laughs> you could really get around a lot of rules with that shit. Yeah, yeah. can I just sumai anything then? I know. It's like, like, just... You didn't pay your taxes. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But yeah. I did yeah. sumai this. Okay. Yeah. Oh. All right. You you cannot cut me in line for the bathroom. <laughs> Sumai, friend. <laughs> it's just a workaround to any rule or law. I mean, I, we would I probably use it I'm more in, for like yeah. that less scone, right? Like, I'm in. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and also, maybe I would have paid more attention to Sumai and everything that happened in Karth if we did not open up on Danny. And just for, for those who might need a refresher from the episode prior, here's what happened. Daenerys was told by her returning blood rider that, oh, hey, look, there's this place called Karth. Maybe they'll let us in. And Daenerys does not know about this place. This is not a mute guy who comes back with a scroll. This is this is all an audible conversation that she hears. So she does not know that it starts with a Q. And even if she does, she already knows how to say it. She would not show up and say Quarth and get corrected <laughs> like an idiot because she's never seen it spelled before. Yeah. So furious. Yeah. That's that's that was that was a weird moment. I actually didn't even think about that. It's a really good point. I would have never brought that up, and that's awesome. Well, I was in a very critical mood. Watching. So I'll even transition us now because I think it'll it'll work nicely to transition into my little topic question I have for you today. Hey, uh, good, bad, and the in the jugglies portion now. Hmm. Uh, were the only, if I'm not mistaken, the only jugglies the Joffrey scene. Uh, and Melisandre's pregnant titties. Ah, Mel- right, Melisandre, right. I mean, that's where. Yeah. Okay. Which I wrote in after the fact because I kind of fell asleep in that scene. I had to rewatch it. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's why. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, we didn't, get a, didn't get a whole lot. This season is starting to pull back on us from the, from the good, bad jugglies perspective. Yeah, yeah. It only gets worse, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Was your topic? Are we are even those gonna, the only boobs? Are we going to be able to? No, no, no. I got, I got another question. Oh. Uh, Which I'm okay with. Let's all be so the question, yeah, great topic. The question is enough, in the right. in. No, this isn't the question yet. A question is: Sure. Will the good, bad, and jugglies thrive in the later seasons? Hard to say. Are we going to have enough content? I don't know. I I will say just to give a little preview that everyone should tune in tomorrow unless i'm mistaken we are completely devoid of any juggly action all right well anyway now no one's going to listen to that episode <laughs> or are we <laughs> i mean <laughs> i've already been the, talking about build it the, so they're all welcome. gotta build the suspense tony <laughs> okay but anyway my question uh i so i've kind of wondered this the first time i watched it too yeah uh and it technically it's a yes or no question but obviously, add your thoughts. Sure. Let's back it up a bit. So, do you think Game of Thrones takes Joffrey's character like a bit too far? Like, we they already make us hate him. And they already make mm. him be, like, we already kind of know he's, I mean, we already know he's a psychopath, pretty much. And, I mean, really, what is the purpose of having the whole scene where he's killing the prostitutes and stuff? I mean, do you think, do you think we needed to go that far? Do you think we needed to make him think he's that or make us think he's that crazy and what's the just like what's the purpose of that so if he he takes being the king almost to like a god standpoint right where whatever he wishes and desires will be and so i think he takes any sort of situation where he feels like he's losing control as a threatening situation and so his his always his reaction and they i think they do a pretty good job of this is to get control back i'm going to hurt something someone some way right and of course a lot of times it's telling someone to kill someone or or yelling and screaming that he wants you know you defy me i'll kill you kind of thing um and so you have to realize that if that's that character 
the imbalance is always there. I think it has to be. And I think that that's done. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I found that scene un- boring and kind of a waste. But I mean, it really does play into the actual who he is as a person and where he's coming from when he's making these decisions. He doesn't care. He could give two flying fucks, right? He's like, you've offended me. I'm going to kill you. He starts to think like we're talking prior episode of maybe he would kill his, maybe he would kill Cersei. I think he would actually. I think if he was actually put in that situation, he would do it. I think that I don't know if they take Joffrey too far. I definitely think they take him too fast. Um, yeah, we, we get this massive 180. I won't say 180. It's not like he was, you know, ever this good egg. We see him in the first episode. He gives kind of this coy smile to Sansa. And after that, it's downhill. <laughs> but, uh, but it just goes so fast from when Ned dies to when he's just this awful, terrible, like he's already a, the, an absolute piece of shit. And we're four episodes after he became King. Um, so it was just so very quick here, but I will, I, I guess we're just missing that side of it. And that, that really goes to show like his true, true psychopathic tendencies. Even when we do get deeper into him, like with this prostitute scene, it's, it's dark, it's weird, it's twisted. Um, I kind of see Joffrey, you know, and I know he came first, but it's something in hindsight I like to compare him to. As uh, let, Let's take you back to a wonderful movie that I know both of you guys love, and that would be Star Wars The Last Jedi. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> great movie. I don't care what you say. Uh and there, there's a scene toward the end there before Kylo goes down to fight a holographic Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah, you didn't think you were getting Star Wars spoilers, spoilers too, motherfuckers. Spoilers. Um, and, uh, and he's in this ship, and he's just screaming, like, kill a fire, every gun, blah, 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 blah. I want you to go down. And he's just throwing this tantrum, and everyone's kind of freaked out. And that's exactly what we get from Joffrey, this weird, unbalanced side. But then he never comes down from that weird high and has the, you know, the Force hologram conversation with Ray. Again, not a perfect metaphor, um, but he's just... We, we get one side of Joffrey because I think there is one side of Joffrey and it makes him seem like a cartoon. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think we... I mean, where's, where's the rational decisions, right? Like, mm. you know, I don't think you ever see them. I mean, he and the hand making all of these plans for protection for the city, always talking him down from the crazy. I mean, obviously yeah. we open up in this, in this episode itself with like hurting his queen and like telling, you know, I can't remember the soldier he tells to like essentially beat the shit out of her, but you know, leave the face. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's ridiculous. And that's I think that's kind of what made me when I was watching this episode in particular. I mean, I I think that scene is, I mean, pretty pretty much the worse it gets. I'm thinking um, for Joffrey. I don't even know. Maybe Let's say he gets- well, I mean, there is later in the season he he. He just kills those hookers. So. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait. So he hasn't done that. He didn't do that yet. In no, he's not done this that This was yet. just the, okay, just all the weird, the belt and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the okay, so it does, it does progress a little thing, bit. Whatever the girl's holding. Yeah, yeah. So we, it, I guess for me, it just seemed like, kind of like you're saying, and, and it, it just, we only get the one side. And I think this show, and whether it's just because of, of, time reason to constraints or, or they don't obviously they want to keep everything contained in the episodes that they have and it's a lot of episodes to me and um but they have so many characters and so many stories that i don't necessarily know if they always get a chance to 
develop the characters as much as they could or as much as they maybe should because it sure feels like one thing i will say about this episode is they really love to build up the characters (laughs) that they want you to like right before something big happens and they really want to build up the characters uh that they want you to hate right before something big happens and then the rest of the characters they just kind of leave nebulous until they want to come back to them (laughs) and and really like make you love them or hate them again and i feel like they really just for joffrey and i think we're right in the middle of joffrey's uh moment here where they just hit the gas pedal and say like make you hate him and i don't i don't think that that's isolated to joffrey like i said i think they do this multiple times in this show and it's just something i've i've noticed um through watching it to touch on Jeremy's point, it does seem like they just kind of had kind of an arc for Joffrey, like knew he was going to be bad, and then just, you know, as you said, hit the gas on it way early. Because we did kind of see a little strategy from him prior to him being king. He's got that conversation with Cersei where he's talking about this this you know, one singular army that he would want to mm-hmm. create, how he would handle, he would handle this, that, and the other thing. And yeah, he's ruthless, but he's not an idiot. Um, you know, he's not just this this kind of going about with reckless abandon, whereas now he very much is. And sure, he's a teenage king. Could he have just changed his mind and said, well, it's it's just more fun to have my, you know, dog here beat up on uh, on this helpless little girl? Sure, we've all been there. I get it. The, the prospect is, is exciting. But, uh, yeah, it does, it's... It could have been done uh, a little bit more nuanced, perhaps. Yeah, and I mean, just, hey, let's not forget dude was crying about robert baratheon's death not too long ago it's true still don't get that (laughs) still don't uh still don't get that Uh, well it was an odd episode can't say it's the best but it's game of thrones so uh it's still pretty dang solid i wonder if that'll be akin to our scone review jeremy has the scone today it is cinnamon and it is from kroger Kroger. yeah so Mm. I first, I'll tell you this, this scone calls out my name because if you've ever had like Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal, pretty amazing oh, cereal, right? I have actually had it um, yeah. and I look forward to what you're going to say off so podcast, good. but I can't, we, we don't, unfortunately, we just, we're, we're so much out of time right now. We're running late on this one. Um, so Jeremy, thanks for that. If you guys want to hit up our social media, Thrones and Scones is where you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thronesandscones.com has got the link to everything, including however the hell you want to listen to us. We'll catch you tomorrow for a much better episode, Season 2, Episode 5, The Ghost of Harrenhal. You're down with G-O-T! Yeah, yeah you, you know, know me. me. Uh, I actually am curious, Jeremy. Uh, how is the cinnamon scone? Oh, God, it Please. was so good. It was like, essentially, this one was more like a cinnamon roll, in my opinion. Um, okay. No, so... So it's more more of a... More, it's, a it's it's definitely more more cinnamon sugar scone. We're talking very sweet. Not, no, not, no. Not that, like, no, kind of bitter. The, no, no, cinnamon. no. It was more bitter because it Ooh, was... Okay. It was essentially just cinnamon, like, just, like, throughout the entire scone. But then they did a cream cheese icing, which it's not mm. sweet. So. You're breaking it for me. That's, oh, see, no. it's not good. sweet. It, it doesn't sound sound sweet. <laughs> but so no, cream cheese to me is more like tangy sweet. It's not like that sugary, you know. It's, it's yeah, tangy. Okay, it's delicious. I thought it was good. I mean, I still hmm. think, um, I still think the the mini blueberry scones I had actually were stupid. Those were delicious. Yeah. Have you guys ever had Tang the drink? 
<laughs> yes. I, rem- I, I do recall Tang. Yeah. yeah, man. We should get some Tang on this episode sometime. Whatever. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they make Tang anymore. Oh, I know they make Tang because Sheldon brought some up when he brought the, his kids up. And he Seriously? was like, do you remember this? He's, I'm like, are we going to make some pizza and drink some Tang? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like a myth that that was created for the astronauts. Oh, I didn't even, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't even about. know the myth. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> well, that's the myth. And it's a myth. <laughs> Yeah. Also, Tang, that's a great idea. We should get some Tang for not this podcast, but if we're talking about doing something after this, we had that porn <laughs> review idea. <laughs> Poo Tang and Tang. <laughs> tang and Tang. <laughs> but then we'll be in the situation where we'll be like, this is Poo Tang and Tang, episode 165. We still drink and Tang. We no, sorry, we every episode would be episode 69, just to clarify. <laughs> We can't. We can't even keep Jeremy contained with Game of Thrones. Can you imagine if we have the, have this guy watching porn? <laughs> He's like, well, I'm already on. A, I'm already on a video number eighty-eight in our playlist on episode two. What did you guys it's like, watch? Jeremy, you need to. You need to work on your stamina, bud. <laughs> Let me be honest though. The whole scone thing um, has made my daily breakfast. Like, I used to, like, wake up and be like, oh, I don't know, am I going to do, like, a bagel? Do I want to do, like, fresh fruit, yogurt? Now I'm like, oh, great, I have another scone I need to eat. It's right there already. I'm en- I've am i entered into this, I think I kind of told you guys, I've entered into this, like, weight loss competition with some of my cousins, mm. and there's money attached to it, Ooh, that's and good. we're a team, so if I don't lose the weight, my team doesn't win the money, and they lose the 70 bucks that each one of them paid in, and now I have all of these fucking scones. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep looking them up. I'm like, I'm like, scones are like, out of all of the pastries, they're, they gotta be the best for you, and they're terrible for you. Yeah. It's all that lard. Yeah. It's all- <laughs> I just like, I like how you sign up for this weight loss, uh, endeavor and immediately the next day you're basically like oh yeah and by the way i'm starting a podcast about buttery baked goods 